Good morning. Good to be back home. Went to Baytown last week for my cousin's wife's memorial service. And uh, it was a good it was a good time. It really was. Uh, appreciate you praying for us while we were gone. I want to take up where we left off a couple of weeks ago. So I want you to turn to Romans 8 with me. <clears throat> we're going to go back and read some of this, and then we're going to make a couple of declarations. Beginning in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Would you say this after me? I do not know what I need. I don't know what I need. I don't know how to pray because I don't know what I need. But the Spirit Himself intercedes with us, intercedes for us, with the groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Say that. He intercedes with the... To, say it after me, okay? He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Saints. My emotions don't know the will of God. My mind doesn't know the will of God. I don't know the will of God. So I don't know how to pray for what I need. But the Spirit knows. But He doesn't always give me what I want. You don't have to say that. We know that, don't we? And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love God. And to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew... He also predestined to become, to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom He predestinated, He also called. These whom He called, He also justified. These whom He justified, He also glorified. What do we say about that then? If God is for us, who is against us? Say that when I finish. If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, 
who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes for us. Jesus intercedes for us. 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For it is written, For your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the question, why? Wanting to know why. I hope you drew the same conclusion I did. Why? Why is because God is conforming us to the image of his son. He's working in us to make us like Christ, who was the first of many brethren. He calls us brothers of Christ when he conforms us to his image, to be an expression of him on the earth to bring glory to him. That's why. That's why there's persecution and famine and destruction and distress and desolation. And it, it doesn't matter why it came. The issue is what God does with it. And God uses it to conform us to the image of his son. And I hope that you went away with this perspective. The Father has a fresh revelation of himself ready to impart to me for any situation I am facing. Say that again. The Father has a fresh revelation of himself ready to impart to me for any situation I am facing. And that is now, right now. Whatever situation I am facing now, the Father is prepared a revelation of himself. We see Paul time and again in Scripture praying, I pray that you'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you'd see the glory that God's revealed in him. And over and over he's talking about this revelation of the Father being revealed. And in Corinthians, we find out as we behold this revelation of him, as we behold him as God reveals him to us, we are changed to that image. He transforms us into the image of his son. And every situation that we're in, including the circumstance that we are in right now, 
as difficult as it is, as confusing as it is, as much of the unknown confronts us, you can rest assured that God has a revelation of himself prepared to reveal to us regardless of what I am, fa- what I am facing. And so I proposed this question last time we shared. Instead of asking why, why this happened, why did you do this, why did you ask this question. What do you want to be to me in this circumstance? What do you want to show me of yourself in this circumstance? I've been struggling with something in the last couple of weeks, and the other day as I got before the Father, I just said, okay, Father, what do you want to show me? What do you want to show me about you? He revealed something that brought peace to my heart. He revealed something that brought calm to my heart. And every time I would let my mind dwell on that, there was peace. There was calm. But every time I let my mind dwell on the circumstance, there was anxiety. What I beheld is what I become. I beheld a stressful situation. I became stressful. I beheld the peace of the Father. I became peaceful. That's how he conforms us to the image of his Son. I want you to repeat this after me. God uses everything in my life to conform me to the image of his Son. God uses everything in my life to conform me to the image of his Son. God uses everything, everything, everything and everyone God uses to conform me to the image of his Son. Even what I'm going through right now, God can use it, will use it, to conform me to the image of his son. Now say this after me. To conform me to the image of his son is the answer to the question why of my life. To conform me to the image of his son is the answer to the question of why in my life. Anytime I want to ask why, anytime... Ask God anything you want. But like we said last week, our betting average at getting an answer for that is not very good. So let's change questions, all right? What do you want to be to me in this circumstance? What do you want to show me of yourself in this circumstance? That's the why of my life. That's why what's going on in my life is going on. Now, here's where the tension lies in that. The flesh always thinks it knows better than God what I need in order to be happy and whole. The flesh always thinks it knows better than God what I need to be happy and whole. And if we were honest, we would realize and recognize that many times our prayers come from our flesh who have determined in ourselves what we need to be happy and whole. 
and we're trying to get God to give it to us. Flesh has good ideas. Flesh has all these suggestions. This is what Galatians 5, 17, this is kind of an odd translation. It's called the Berean translation, but I thought it was very good. It says, for the flesh craves what is contrary to the Spirit of God. And boy, that's a good indication. That's a good way to identify flesh. Is this something I'm craving? Is this something I'm convinced I have got to have? I've got to have this thing or I'm not going to be complete. I've got to have this thing or I'm not going to be happy. I've got to have this circumstance straightened out or I can't find peace. I've got to. There's that craving. You can rest assured that's flesh. And what it craves is always contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you do not do what you want. Flesh is always, this is what you, boy, if you want, you want to be happy, man, just get this, this thing here. Just have this. God, give me this thing. I need this thing. It's in the will of God that you said I should prosper and this is what I wanted. And we crave it. We haven't bothered to be still and listen to the quietness of the Spirit that will tell me the will of God for me in this circumstance because that's what he's praying. That's what Jesus is praying. And then it gets extremely upset when God doesn't comply. And when I stick, when I stick with its suggestion, I completely miss the revelation of the Father that he has for me. I know this, I want this, and when I stick with that, my eyes become focused on that, and I completely miss the revelation that the Father has for me. Instead, I typically create my own emotional concept of what God is like. And it goes something like this. Because I don't feel his presence, he is absent. You see how we start with an emotion and then designate a characteristic of God? I don't feel like he's here. I don't feel like he's close. He must be absent. He is a God that is absent. I feel like God is withholding favor from me. He must be punishing me for something I've done or something I haven't done. And I take that emotional influence And identify a characteristic of God that couldn't be further from the truth. He doesn't care about me. Because if he did, he would give me what I'm asking for. 
And what did he say here? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He didn't even spare his own son. What makes you think he's not going to give you what's best? And if he's not giving me what I want, chances are it's not best. Because he knows and intercedes for me according to the will of God, not according to my emotion, not according to my mind, but according to the will of God. All of this, 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 this craving, this attachment, this transposing this emotion into the character and nature of God, all of it comes from the perspective of, why won't you give me what I think I need? It's so easy to become fixated on what I think I need and miss what I have. We can become consumed with if it was just this, if I just made a little more money, if I just got a, if I just, if I, if I just got all this, this, and I miss what God has brought into my life to conform me to the image of my son, of his son. And her posture is, why won't you give me what I think I need instead of, thank you, Father, for what I have and for what I am going through. Miss it. Because we're so locked into what we think we need. We're so locked. And, 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 and look, we have determined it is a need. It is not a want. It is a need. And the minute we think we need it to become happy or whole or complete, you can be assured it's not that at all. If I choose, and many of us are facing that right now. We've got circumstances in our life right now where the flesh is dictating to us, you need this and you need that and you got to have this and you've got to pursue this and you've got to include this in your life. And if you don't get this, you're not going to be complete and happy and whole. And we're being confronted with that. And we're having to choose. Am I going to choose to go with that? Am I going to choose to go with the understanding that God has a fresh revelation for me of himself. And if I will ask and wait, and that's the kicker. That's what kills us. I mean, do you know how long Job had to wait before he had the revelation of God? I mean, just reading Job's long. Not to imagine sitting in front of these guys who are telling him the answers that they don't really have. But he waited. And he waited, and he got a revelation of the Father, and none of that other stuff mattered. If I choose to follow the path laid out by the flesh, I will carry with me into the future wounds in my soul that will be triggered by painful memories of that event. If I choose to stick with what I got to have, what I want, what I think, and then God doesn't come through because he's not obligated to answer that. You say, well, if I ask for a 
for a, a, for a egg, he's not going to give me a scorpion. Yeah, but what if I ask for a scorpion? Is he obligated to give me a scorpion? If this thing that I want and this thing that I determine is going to make me complete and whole is a scorpion, and I'm insisting that God give it to he's not obligated to give me a scorpion. So I go away with this twisted perspective of God. I go away with this, and I can't say he'll never let me down. He let me down. He didn't give me what I wanted. And I am hacked about it. And God's just shaking in his boots. Oh, don't be mad at me. If I choose to follow the path laid out by the flesh, I will carry with me into the future wounds in my soul that will be triggered by painful memories of that event. I tried to trust God. He didn't come through. God can't be trusted. Whoo! Think that's healthy for your soul? No, but I carry that with me into the future. Something else comes up to trust God. Oh, no, look what happened back there. He didn't come through. There's this, no, he can't be trusted. He's not a trustworthy God. All because of that wound in our soul. Because we clung to what we thought we were supposed to have that the flesh was offering when God had something better. This is a refrigerator statement. This is the first half of it. Okay? It's one of those statements you write out and stick on your refrigerator. Today's thoughts are tomorrow's memory. You say, well, that ain't very profound. Listen, that's very profound. When I understand that the things I conclude today, the things I choose to believe today, the thoughts I choose to embrace embrace today are going to be the memories that I have tomorrow. And they can be either memories of healing or they can be memories of pain, depending on whether I embrace God's perspective back here or whether I go with the flesh. Today's thoughts are tomorrow's memories. God's perspective today produces transformation. The flesh's perspective produces a wound that I carry that's triggered by thoughts and memories. We said this a couple of weeks ago. Every circumstance comes with the potential for a fresh revelation of who God is. Every circumstance. Well, if we could ever grasp that, we would look at circumstances differently. Instead of looking at a circumstance, oh, God, here we go again. It's so hard. It's so heavy. We would look at it and say, here comes a fresh revelation of God that I couldn't get any other way. And God in his wisdom allowed this to come that I could have the opportunity to receive this fresh revelation of him that I didn't have before. Think that change your outlook a little bit? And that revelation can be ours if we ask, if we wait, and we receive it when it comes.
All of that referring to the events today. We've got this choice to make. The flesh is giving us alternatives. Am I going to choose to go with that? Or am I going to choose to embrace the Father's perspective that says He's working this for His glory? Well, if it's possible that these events, is it possible that there are events in our past, we've been talking about events today, and whether or not we're going to choose, and what we're going to choose, that's today. But is it possible that there are events in our past where God had a revelation of himself for us to impart to us, and we went with what the flesh had to offer? You bet it is. Here's how we know. Have I got a wound in my heart that a memory triggers, and it's painful, and it produces anger, and it it triggers again, and it's just like it happened today or just like it's happening now? Today's thoughts are tomorrow's memory. Here's the second part of that. Yesterday's thoughts are today's memories. Okay? I have this thought today about what God's going to, about what I want and how I'm going to get it, and I reject God's offer of a revelation of Himself, and that's going to be tomorrow's memory. But yesterday's thoughts, where God had an opportunity to reveal Himself and I choose to go with the flesh, they're today's memories. They're what I remember today. And instead of giving thanks in the past, we developed a victim mentality. And we became angry. We became bitter. We became hardened. Closed off. I'll never trust again. Resentful, unforgiving. And developed a critical spirit. Ah, it just it never works out. Just you just it ain't never gonna work out. That tells me there's a wound in my heart that I've embraced the flesh's perspective of, and not God's perspective. And I didn't give thanks back then. And even after all this time, that memory is triggered. And that wound of that event is relived just like it was today. Still there. I want you to get this very clearly, and I want you to know this. And I hope it, it changes your mind about these things. Time may dull the memory but it will not heal the wound. Well, in time, I'll get over it. You might not. Time may dull the memory of it, but all that has to happen is that memory slips in and the pain of the wound is still there. Time may dull the memory, but only a revelation of the Father and His perspective will heal the wound.
Which do you want? I don't know about you. I want the wound healed. God wants the wound healed. God wants us to be able to recall everything in our life from His perspective and not from our perspective. Over 148 times in the Bible, the word remember is mentioned. Most of the times, God says it. Remember? 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 But what God says is, I don't want you to remember it from your perspective. He said to the children of Israel, I'm not, I'm not wanting you to remember when you were back there grumbling. I'm not wanting you to remember when you were back there complaining. I'm not wanting you to remember when you were back there cry, griping and complaining about everything. I don't want you to remember when you were back there and you wanted to go back to Egypt after I'd brought you through the Red Sea. That's not I want you to remember. I want you to remember that I delivered you. That I loved you even when you were in rebellion. Yes, I want you to remember it. But I want you to remember it from my perspective. I don't want you to forget it. It's part of your life. It's part of your story. Don't write your story from the dictates of the flesh. Write your story from the perspective of God's Spirit. If I'm having trouble embracing God's perspective for today's events, I can be assured there are instances in the past where I did not embrace his revelation of himself. If I'm having trouble giving thanks, if I'm having trouble thanking him for these things that are in my life today, I can rest assured There are instances in my life where I still haven't thanked him for it. Try to run from him, hide from him, avoid that person, avoid that situation, avoid being in a room with him, avoid all of those things. Thinking that'll take care of it. It may dull the memory, but it won't heal the wound. Only God's perspective can do that. If I'm having trouble embracing that today, I can be assured There are instances in the past where I did not embrace his revelation of himself. And now I have a pattern of behavior that's harmful, maybe even sinful to me. Now I have a habit. Now I have a stronghold that's been established in my life, and it continues to exist Even today, even after the memory begins to dull, even after it's already been gone. Here's the question you can ask to determine that. Did what we take from that experience result in a greater revelation of Him or merely serve to strengthen the flesh? Did what I take out of that event, was it a greater revelation of the Father? Saying, boy, this is a hard situation, but you know what? God's here. He was there. He took care of me. He provided. And I see it from his perspective. 
Or do I look at that and I say, oh, that's just, that was such a terrible time. You know, let me tell you about it again and, and again. And in case you forget uh, again, that's an indicator. There's something there that we've not allowed God's perspective to be revealed. Father has a revelation of himself ready to impart to me for that event of the past. It's not too late. We have a redeeming God. He can redeem that event in my life to where it's no longer the wound, it's no longer the habit, it's no longer the stronghold, it's no longer it's no longer the pattern. But I see it fresh and I see it new. And that conforms me to the image of His Son instead of doing the same thing. Ask Him, what revelation of yourself do you want to impart to me related to that event? What do you want to show me about yourself related to that event in my life? What do you want to be to me in that circumstance of the past that I missed back then? What do you want to be to me in that circumstance of the past? Listen, I get this quite often whenever I talk about this, and people say, well, I didn't know back then. My response is 2 Corinthians, and it says, there is no temptation given us, but is common to man. And God is faithful who will, with the temptation, provide a way to escape. And let's say, for argument's sake, you didn't know back there. But you know now. You know now. You know now you don't have to choose that again. You don't have to let that wound shape your life anymore and wonder, why did I react that way when the memory is triggered? God can heal that if we allow him. We have a tendency to spend more time asking God for what I don't have than I do thanking Him for what I have. How much of our prayers consist of asking? I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor bad decisions, or uncomfortable circumstances, or wounds in my heart will be able to separate me from the love of God. 
I want you to see something here. When God comes into your difficult situation and he says, give thanks. I want you to know why he's doing that. He's doing it for the same reason. All the way back in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, he said to Adam and Eve, don't eat. God wasn't concerned that if they ate, he would be offended. God wasn't concerned that if they ate, his feelings would get hurt. God was concerned that if they ate, they would die. God didn't say if you eat, you're going to... He didn't say if you eat, I'm going to kill you. That's how some of us see it. God said, I'm concerned for your well-being. And I'm giving you this command for your benefit. If you eat that, you're going to die. It's the same motive when God says to us, give thanks in all things. For everything, gives thanks. I'm concerned about your well-being. And if you choose not to do that, if you choose not to embrace my perspective, but embrace the perspective of the flesh, you too will invite death into your life. It's for our benefit. Remember what Jesus said? Your burden is what? Easy. And light. The flesh offers easy and light, but it always is accompanied by death. Just take a couple of minutes. Father, I want to ask you this morning if there are events in our past where we rejected your perspective of yourself and chose to buy the plan of the flesh that you would just show us right now. Jesus is here this time. He was there then. But he's here now. And he wants to show you that event in his presence so it's safe. You're not having to face it alone. Father, just show us that event where we choose to, chose to reject a revelation of who you are. Don't go looking. Just open your heart to the Spirit. Now, Father, would you show us what you want to be to us in the context of that event in our life? What do you want to be to us? When he shows you, thank him. 
and receive it. Welcome it. Father, just heal that wound in our heart. Let the revelation of yourself bring wholeness to our life. We welcome you. Thank you, Father. Now, if you didn't hear anything, ask again. Keep asking. Keep asking him to show you. What do you really want? Father, we acknowledge to you that we don't have anything to remedy that wound, but you do. Fresh revelation of your son. Fresh revelation of you. By its mere nature brings wholeness to our heart. Thank you for caring enough and loving us enough. You've never forsaken us for choosing the flesh back there. You've always been here. You're not punishing us. Jesus took all of that. Thank you for your love. We leave. Go with us in our awareness to be open to you speaking to us about not only the past, but today is the one that we're about to make. The choices we're about to make now. Show us who you are. And we bless you for loving us. All right. What phrase or word stood out to you? Anybody? Anything the Lord show you? Anything you see? Chuck, would you take this back there to Cynthia? Then I think Paul Velasco has one thing. You must have been listening to our meeting this morning, our prayer meeting, because we were specifically uh, thanking the Lord uh, for situations in our life and how important it is to thank Him in everything. And uh, it's like you heard us this morning, Micah, because uh, we, we prayed about that. And, and it is so important to thank the Lord in everything, every circumstance, every situation, uh, in order to hear him, I believe. And uh, I thank you for sharing that with the whole body. And I want to thank everybody that filled in for me while I was gone. That really blessed me that I can leave and other people will step in and uh, help with the load. And uh, thank you so much. These past 12 days were such a blessing to see family. And I thank you for that. All right. I think Paul had something. Did you turn him up just a little bit? You turn him up just a little bit, Doug? One thing that stood out was 
he did not spare his son. I just I can't. It's just hard to grasp, but mm. just stay there. He did not spare for you. He didn't spare his son. Mm. That's how serious and how committed he is to pursuing us and providing for what providing what we need. And if he's provided that, he's provided it today. It's available. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me was that the flesh craves that word, you know, the flesh craves and it, that's something to help you to identify, you know, that's just like, uh, uh, a lot of our beliefs are very detrimental and we have to identify those. The spirit needs to reveal that just the flesh craving things is a warning to you. Hey, mm-hmm. be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm turn away from that and turn back to what the spirit craves, what the spirit desires. But those two things stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Listen, we've all made stupid decisions because the flesh craves something. All of us have. Thinking it was the will of God. And we should have seen uh, Who was it? You? For me, it was choices. There's a friend of mine that's been in prison a long time, and I tell him it's choices. You've got to watch your choices. But that applies exactly two or three times as much for Justin Newman. To watch my choices. There's choices coming up that I've got to decide what, what do I want to do. What, what, uh, because they ch- choices change everything. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, let me say, if if um, if being conformed to the image of God's Son isn't that big a deal to you, you might check out your salvation. Okay, because it comes with the territory. Michael. So a couple things. Um, the first one was that God has a fresh revelation for me in every circumstance. So it's not a general thing. It's not a, well, this is for everybody. I'm nothing special. He has a fresh revelation for me. That's good. So we may all be experiencing a circumstance at the same time. He still has a fresh revelation for me mm-hmm. in that circumstance. That's awesome. Uh, the other thing that stood out was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in all of our past situations, all of our past difficult circumstances, that revelation is still waiting there. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere. It's not getting stale. It's right there waiting for us to go back. Mm-hmm. And there's a real simple test. Did it make me bitter or do I know God better because of it? That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. God still got it. Tanya. When we were praying and um, you were asking the Lord to show us a memory, he brought a couple of things back that I have thought about before. And the Lord has always shown me that he was my rescuer, but he just showed me how violently he fought to protect me in those moments. And for the first time, I was able to pray for the people that hurt me to pray for their salvation. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's good. All right. Anyone else? 
Okay, just continue to just ask him. What do you want to show me, Father?